Welcome to the Assemblée Dance Studio podcast, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in growing and running your dance studio. I'm your host, Claire O'Shea, and I'm a dance studio owner and business coach, helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business, and become the go-to dance studio in your area. Want to grab a free copy of my Dance Studio Growth Marketing eBook? Sign up for a free copy today of the ebook 97 Simple Strategies to Grow Your Dance Studio by going to assemblédancestudiocoaching.com forward slash marketing ebook. Now sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes released weekly. Hey guys, it's Claire O'Shea here and welcome back to another episode of the Assemblé Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. Recently, I just got back from a trip in Palm Cove, Cairns, which was lovely. I flew up to present at a conference by my friend Stacey Morgan. You can find more about her at Simply Stacey Morgan and her conference was the Simply Business Summit. I spoke all about all things social media and I had an absolute blast presenting to her attendees and it was so, so awesome to also be inspired by other guest speakers and other attendees at the event but mostly I was so excited to catch up with my wonderful business bestie Jen Dalton from Dance Teacher Central. So while we were staying up north I turned on my laptop and we recorded a couple of episodes for you guys all about a heap of different topics really from my process of taking over my studio um, and how Jen also thinks that you can create a million dollar dance studio which hint she has done which is very very exciting so if you want to check those out we are going to be sharing those over the next few weeks there's an interview that I recorded of Jen one that she recorded of me and a couple that we did together so I hope that you find these super super interesting Uh, we'll also be releasing the videos on our socials but we are releasing obviously in the audio format for our podcast listeners. Now, we didn't have our microphones with us, so I will give you warning that the audio isn't as crisp and clear as it usually is, but it's still really good. It's not crackly or muffled or anything. It's just not as like perfect as normal. I'm not well, not perfect, but it's not as clear. I'll put it that way. I hope you guys are having a great day and I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's jump straight in. Hi guys, my name is Clara Shea and I'm from the Assemblée Dance Studio Coaching Podcast. And I am Jen Dalton and I have Dance Studio Empire Podcast. And Jen and I are in person having a few interviews, doing a few collaboration podcast episodes. Um, and so you probably would have heard each, uh, like each other on each other's podcast in the last maybe week or two. Um, and we are doing a special uh, two episode series on buying and selling dance studios for those who are interested. So I guess to start off, we're going to do buying in today's episode and then next week we'll touch on selling, selling. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't have any experience in, but I have questions. I do. Jen does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess just a bit of an overview I started my studio from scratch 10 years ago uh, and that has been growing and being lovely and then literally like today as of the 1st of July I have taken over and bought the studio where I grew up uh, in fact about 30 minutes away from my first studio Uh, and so I'm really excited I bought a dance studio 
And that has been a bit of like a few months sort of in the making. So it's yeah. been a really interesting process, a very positive process, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very obviously, as of taking over today, I'm very new into like that sort of the takeover uh, the scenario where you'll kind of pass that and have a bit more hindsight. Yes. So, um, but tell us about sort of you. Yeah. So, well, I started my original studio 29 years ago. But several years ago, I'm not very good with numbers. That's fine. Eight years. I don't know. Sure. Um, I purchased an existing studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it just felt like it was the next step in my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was approached by the studio owner who was a friend. I knew, mm. I knew her. She was quite local to me and she was moving. Her family mm. was moving. And she just wanted someone similar to her to mm-hmm. come in and, you know, take care of her babies and her family nice. as many who are selling want. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was, it was an exciting process. It was new learning again. Mm. Um, and I'm happy to talk through that, mm. the experience that I had, um, and then, you know, compare it to your experience yeah. as well. And then after that, you've actually started another location again from scratch. Yeah, well, that particular studio um, I kept for a couple of years and then actually sold that one. Mm. to. Uh, she was a teacher for me Wonderful. and she was ready to step into her next level of leadership mm. and we just thought this might be a really great opportunity for her. Mm-hmm. She ended up buying that particular studio. And then several years later, so probably mm. now five years ago, we started again from scratch mm. in another studio. So just to test out our... Make sure our strategies were still working and the yeah. things that I'm telling people to do still actually work. And happy to hint, say it they does. do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is really awesome. So I guess we're both lucky in that in general we've had very positive experiences with the buying of locations. Yes. Even though yet yeah, you've gone on to sell, it doesn't mean it wasn't a positive experience, it just mm. was the right thing at the time to sell. So so far this whole process I've had with my um, buying my new studio is been really, really great. Like it's been, um, there's been challenging in ways, not with the studio owner, but more with this, like the legality and like the banking hoo-ha that I just didn't anticipate. Yes. So that has been challenging and the due diligence. Oh, doing all this so numbery stuff and the boring. <laughs> Yes, definitely not um, my area of expertise. But very important. So important. Yeah. So important. So if it's something you were looking at doing and it's not a strong point for you, I would find someone. We have to go, go through a solicitor. Solicitor. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, I'm thankful my partner is very, um, my husband, partner, is he's savvy and all over that. So I could really just trust him to mm. make sure the numbers were good. Um, and then in the same, in the selling. Or an accountant, I guess. An accountant, Yeah. yeah. Um, and same when selling, you know, I had to put it all together for her to say, to you know, this is, yeah, this is what you're getting and, you know, I'm not ripping you off, and, mm. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. Because like, we've heard of, like, people in situations, like, you know, you say, like, oh, I make this amount of money. No, we don't have any debt, blah, blah, blah. And then you do the due diligence and they owe, like, tens of thousand dollars to the tax department and all of these things. And as soon as you take over that business, that becomes your responsibility. So you really want to make sure that there's nothing hiding in the closet, um, that they're up to debt with their debtors and uh, their clients paying them as well, um, as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, I think it's also probably a big question that's often asked is, 
how much oh. do you sell your studio for? The million dollar is, question. That's right. And there's, you know, there's no right or wrong. Well. Probably. <laughs> um, it's as much as someone will pay yeah, for so it, really. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's worth. As much as, and like yeah. property, as much as someone's willing to pay for that's it. That's right. So, and, so often though, I think that like potential people who are selling, um, this is not necessarily my experience I'm talking about now. I've working with clients I hear about it all the time. Yeah. Like the, the, the people who are looking to sell solicitors or business coach will say, oh, I've been told it's worth $300,000. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like that, they say that, but like, how did you come to that number? Yeah. And that's really the issue. Yeah, and I think you can talk to your accountant because yeah. they have formulas. They do. They have formulas. Exactly. It's not necessarily the right thing for you and your business, mm. I think, you know, because people will often say, well, why would I buy a business for $200,000 when I could start For zero. And, well, it would never be zero, to be honest. Well, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Or build it up for themselves. Mm. No huge overheads. But mm. you have to just make that as a business decision, yeah. don't you? And But then how important is it that the person who's buying from you is the right person for your business? Yeah. So if you were to advertise publicly mm. and any random could come and buy it, well, you can obviously say no. Of course, it's not the right fit. Yeah, but maybe you want out, and yeah. you'll just take anyone. Or is your legacy worth more than that? Mm. So mm. you know what? Maybe I'll just hold off. And again, like I've done both. I've started my studio and built it up, and built it up, and built it up. And like I'm ten years down the track, and so that was that was great, and I love that experience. But to me, in this last, and I again, I just felt like it was the next step on yep. that journey for me to kind of expand, potentially open a third or a fourth location in the future and see what that's like. Yes. And I might love it and thrive and want to open a six and a seventh and an eighth. I don't think I will. But, <laughs> I'm, but you know what I mean? Or maybe like Jen, in 10 years' time, five years' time, I might need to sell or you know would sort of reduce the amount of locations that I'm having but there's no way of me of knowing whether it's right or wrong unless I tried it absolutely and that's what I did you know at at one point I think I had six or seven different locations running so holy dooly yeah and it got to a point where I felt like I had achieved that and then I was ready to consolidate I call it consciously consolidate because all of a sudden it was a choice I didn't want to do it and that's really been my trajectory of being a business owner, mm-hmm. entrepreneur, whatever you want yep. to call it, I've loved the challenge of doing something new. Um, I've always oh, had that's the, me. the backing of, you know, I've had a supporting family. Yeah. My mum has always been really supportive and I know how lucky I am. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think for me it was always about challenging myself mm. and stepping outside the comfort zone and can I actually do it? So I was proving to myself. I did, yeah. I had no one else I was proving it mm. to. Um, yeah, and so try these things, and I'm happy to say most of the time it's been successful. Yeah. But you can you don't have to make decisions, and that's it forever. No, you can keep growing, whether that is essentially mm. downsizing or yeah. you know handing leadership over to others in your team. Yeah, and I guess as well, like when I was considering it, I knew it was going to be a really good values fit, so it was going to be yes. in alignment with how I run my studio and the way that I like to run studios uh, because I grew up at that studio. Yeah. So 
I, I was lucky in that I had such a wonderful experience growing up that I went out and was like hoping to touch the lives of people, you know, not in the exact same way, but in, in a very similar way where I know so many people who have absolutely awful experiences and then they go out and start on their own to kind of make a difference in a, in a different way. Yeah. So when this sort of conversation started happening, I, I knew we would be in alignment and a fit with our clientele. So that was a really kind of like simple decision where I wonder if I didn't have that personal connection with the previous owners, whether I would have felt so confident. Yeah. And that was actually a challenge that I faced. Um, so area wise, it was probably the studio that I purchased was about 20 minutes from our main mm. headquarters that we call it, mm. but it was a different bunch of families who mm. I didn't raise from the beginning mm. and so although you know they're all great I literally live mm. in the next suburb so I, I get these people but it was a whole new way of having to communicate with mm. them and their expectations were a little bit different even the way you know the fees how their fees were structured mm. was different to ours I actually made the decision to not change the name so yeah. I didn't brand it in with us and I, where I have. Yeah, and I'm not even sure what that decision was for. Mm. I know I made a very conscious decision when I first took over. I didn't want to unsettle the, mm. the boat. I just wanted everything to stay the same. I just wanted everyone to get comfortable and learn who they were. Mm. The owner I bought from was just beautiful and I had a mm. beautiful transition and I was there for that concert and you know, mm. I met all the kids. I knew all their names before she even had left. So I did have that... Um, <laughs> I did have that connection already, but it was different and it was, it was harder. You know, mm. I really back myself as a mm. teacher. Like I could, you know, very confidently stand in front of anyone and teach, but it was, it was different. different. I had to check in with myself. I'm like, oh, hang on a second. It was a bit of like maybe, um, like confidence, like yeah. just a bit of, I just yeah. changed some ways that I was doing things, mm. which Again, it's another learning experience, mm. and I think it made me a better teacher. And I was I shared staff, so um, you know, teachers that were teaching for me in our main mm, studio, same. they were there. So we did crossover. It wasn't a them and us. Like, yeah, I didn't want it to be that. But then at the point, I didn't want them to have to buy a new uniform at that time mm. and things like that. So these are decisions, and it's not even to say that I do it the same way now. Mm. It was just a decision that I made at the time. Um, I didn't know of anybody else who had done it to have those conversations yeah. with it just again came down to common sense what what mm. would I as a mum with a child if they're at that studio how would I feel mm. what do I think would be reasonable that's sort of how I questioned yeah. it yeah whereas I've bought the studio and I've made it clear that I will be changing the name um and the branding but I've in other ways I've not rocked the boat as much as humanly possible. So I don't expect them to change their uniforms. I've kept as many teachers on as I can in terms of like some have just moved away coincidentally. So there's yeah. nothing I can do about that. Um, and like obviously location is the same. Um, but for me, because I have full-time staff and just the practicality of running the business, I don't want to do two, two brandings and two uniforms and yes and, yeah and that, and that that was big and that was a lot more time in that mm. you know so although you know costuming it's still just extra dances but it was the 
lady who measures had to mm. go out to that location as well as the others and measure them all. And then, mm. you know, everything was, it was almost double the work for yeah. a studio that was a quarter of the size yeah. of my other studio. Yeah. Yeah. So Pretty much. Um, so I guess what is maybe like the biggest takeaway that, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I'm like thinking about doing that or I've never thought about it, but it's an interesting, like, what's maybe like the biggest takeaway or biggest tip that you would get, give someone who is about to embark on this journey or maybe considering it in the future? Yeah, I think um, do your research as in what's going to be your return of investment. Mm. So if you have to put in, you know, or employ how many more teachers, is it going to be enough to cover mm. the costs? Um on a business side, on that that connection personal side, like I said, like mm. make sure that your values either align with what you do and what you teach. Because if it's completely opposite, it will be hard to go to work. Mm. If you don't enjoy it, that would be a lot of hard work. Mm. And I think so. When I um, bought this studio, there weren't big overheads, mm. and so it was a safe risk for me and I think you need to consider that um, financially just don't put yourself under pressure Mm. to do that because it is hard Mm. it's it's a lot of extra work if you want to do it properly Mm. Um, but it's certainly rewarding if you're looking for a challenge and you're ready for that next thing yeah and I guess I would say is that from my experience it takes a lot longer than I initially anticipated Yep. And there was more work involved in the amount of paperwork that I had to do and things I had to sign and people I had to follow up with. I always and I knew it would be hard work in terms of like the forward facing with the customers, like, you know, making all the changes, updating the website, all of that. I didn't anticipate the amount of time and energy I would spend with uh, accountants and solicitors and banks. And banks. Oh, do not get me started on banks. <laughs> so that type of thing, like we were told to be a very simple loan process because we had we didn't have the money just sitting in the bank. We had to loan it. Um, and it just was a lot more difficult than anticipated. So I guess my tip would be just to al- allow more time than you think you're going to need, basically. And to, and to really think strategically at the end of the day, like, what would be a good time of year to take over? Yes. Would it be between seasons because then it's a neat mm-hmm. one-to-one? Or like we're taking over halfway through the year. So my thing is, well, they've kind of – then no one's forced to stay, but they're kind of already there. They like their classes. And it's going to give me an opportunity six months to kind of – get them to like me yeah, yeah. before they have to kind of re-enroll for the next year. And again, they could leave at any time. I was just going to say having a strategic plan of how you were going to announce it, mm. the yes, transition. Yes, have been doing that so much. And hopefully, you know, the person you're buying from is yes. on board with you and supportive and, yeah. you know, gives you that. Because I have heard horror oh. stories of a studio owner just closing the door and walking away and yeah. just you're basically giving up throwing up hands and someone mm. else has had to like pick up the pieces mm. not even telling them and then mm. someone else is taking over you know and I mean that's well that's a very poor mm. business ethic if you ask me yeah. but um you know if you can have that great communication with the person you're taking mm. over work together and say how 
how are we going to structure the email? Yeah. How are we? Yeah, and that's what we I, yeah. I did with Heidi, the old owner. We talked about like when we would announce, how, in what format, email, photos, yeah. when we would do the changeover. There's obviously the, the solicitors provide you with some kind of framework for what's standard. Um, but then that's all sort of up to you as well. Yeah. Um, and like she did the announcement to her studio. I did the announcement to my studio. And then I reached out to her studio as the new owner to answer some more questions. And I, because I took over at the end of a year. So the last couple of weeks leading up to their concert, I was in the classroom getting to know everyone. Then at their concert, I went on stage and I spoke and I introduced mm. myself and told them how much I was looking forward to becoming part of their family. Mm. So the language is being yeah. tricky, a bit tricky for me to yes. navigate, particularly knowing I wanted to change the, the name. name. Yeah. Um, but I was just honest and like with the littlies, I just was like, I'm obsessed with rainbows. Like I want, I want and then they were like, oh my God, colour. So that was pretty easy. And again, I have been concerned about that, but I do think that I worry more than they do. Definitely. Yeah. And you can only make an educated decision mm. that's going to be in the best interest for you, for everyone involved. You are never going to keep everyone happy. No. And so you can only do your best. And so far I've not had negative feedback from people about the logo change. Yeah. I think I think if I maybe gone in and gone, we're changing everything, never speak of the old name again. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. You must buy new uniforms. I think there'd be a lot more pushback, and understandably so. Yeah. So really keep that in mind. But I, I I love the old name. I just want to go in with my own touch points on things. And um, it has to be easier for you too. Yes, so much Time easier. Wise, Time wise. Yeah. It's almost running two separate businesses. Yes, and that's – that. I already do that with the coaching, so yeah. I don't want to have a third. Yeah, no one's got time for that. Well – some do. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Um, yeah, I guess so that's that. We hope you yeah. found that a bit insightful. So I guess we get a bit of a general chat in our next episode. We're going to touch on more of the selling process. Um, I'm of the opinion that everyone should run their business and set up their business as if they were going to sell. Definitely, yeah. Not necessarily that they are, but as if. And you've actually sold a business before, mm-hmm. still have. I've sold a couple of businesses, actually. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little sneak peek into next week's episode. So I hope you join us then. Um, and like I said, even if you're not anticipating selling your studio in the near future, I think it's a really it'll be a really great episode to listen to to kind of get a bit of insight into, like, you know, if something changes in your life or what you can do now to kind of set yourself up for success in the future. That's right. Never say never. Never say never. you never know what's around the corner. You don't. Good or bad. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. Anyway, that's an interesting way to end an episode. (laughs) But we'll chat with you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Assemble Dance Studio Coaching Podcast with your host, me, Claire O'Shea. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it on your stories on Instagram and tag the show or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Assemble Dance Studio Coaching. Tune in next week for another episode all about helping you grow your dance studio simply and successfully so you can reach more students, grow your business and become the go-to dance studio in your area. See you then.